Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Friday Webinars with Wendy. On Fridays, I always do a Surefoot webinar to talk about how to use Surefoot, the different pads, why you would use it, and um, just basic conversations about uh, Surefoot in general. Um, oh, and I have a question. Oh, great. I have, oh, your computer locked up. Okay. Yeah. And so, so what I wanted to say was, We've looked at a couple of different topics this week, and I think if I address this webinar to those topics and to a couple of emails that have come in, um, that'll be great. So one of the topics that's been coming up is laminitis, and I'm hoping to have another guest that can come on and talk about laminitis. Daisy Bicking's webinar on Monday was fabulous. It was two hours long. So I know if you couldn't hang in there for the whole two hours, it's up on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. You can go back and watch it. Um, the other talk that we had was with Dr. Raquel Butler, also at six o'clock my time and also a two hour webinar, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then we had Laura Wilsey and she was talking about providing aid and comfort to your ailing horses. So it all kind of fits in this week. And um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is balance. So uh, let, me, let me address that first and then we can talk about which pads are good for laminitis. So in Dr. Butler's webinar, um, the question was, is it training or is it imbalance? And the bottom line is it's, it's always imbalance, some kind of imbalance. And um, at the end, I asked her a question about one of my horses that I'm working with. He's not mine, but he's under my care. Um, he's quite an outlier. He's quite a different kind of guy. And it was interesting because I had a chance to chat with Laura Plunkett about him after her webinar. Um, and she also agreed that he's a very different kind of guy. Um, but in the end, the imbalance is most likely sort of a mental imbalance. And so it is an imbalance. And I just have to refocus how I look at him to think of him more as a horse um, with a learning disability, for lack of a better word, for, for me to recognize that he doesn't learn the way other horses do. He's kind of unique, but he's very bright. That's one of the things about him. He's very bright, but it takes a while to lock information into his brain. So this whole idea of imbalance came to me. And then I've had a couple of people email me about some damage to their pads. And it made me think about this idea even more. First of all, I want to say that Surefoot is a tool to help a horse find better balance. Um, it's a tool just the way your bridle is a tool, your reins are a tool, your stirrups are a tool, your, you know, your pitchfork is a tool. Surefoot is a tool towards something. Um, and sometimes what I find is that uh, because they're pretty, when you take them out of the wrapper, people think that they shouldn't show any damage when we use them as a tool. But if we, if we don't use them as a tool, they're not gonna do their job. If we just stick them on the shelf, they're not gonna do their job. We need to put them underneath horses' feet. And when we do that, there is a risk that they're gonna get some damage because they are foam, which is critical to their function. Um, you know, like I sometimes respond to people and I say, you know, we made pads that showed no damage whatsoever and they didn't work. So we're constantly balancing between having an unstable surface and having a durable surface that's gonna last a long time. And to that end, when we think of Surefoot as a tool to, a, to solve something or to help something, then hopefully people will be less concerned about what the pads look like and, and get more focused on what they do. And so my case in point is, you know, Dunny, this little guy, 
He's so cute. He's 14 too. He's a nun. He's gorgeous. That's what he gets away with things. Um, I gave him a trace clip because he was getting way too hot and he was needed some help. He had a thick coat and I bought a blanket for him and I put the blanket on and I took a picture of the blanket because I knew as soon as I turned him out, the blanket would never look like that again. And it didn't. It took him five minutes to roll on both sides. And my beautiful brand new blanket was uh, was no longer a beautiful brand new blanket. It, it will never look like it did coming out of the package. Never. The same with bell boots. You know, you put bell boots on your horse to protect him. You turn him out in those bell boots. He hits it. He puts a big rip in it. There's your bell boot, right? So it, I think it's important for us to shift the perspective from a thing to a function, to what this pad is going to do. And what it does is help horses with balance. Now I'll get to that in a second, but you know, years ago, this was before I started my Feldenkrais training um, in Baltimore. I was considering taking the Feldenkrais training out in um, uh, Sisters, Oregon. There was a trainer out there. He was doing a Feldenkrais training course. I would have had to commute out to Oregon quite a lot. Um, and so I wound up doing the training in Baltimore, but he gave us all something to write uh, feedback on. And I've never forgotten what this, what this little story was about. And um, to paraphrase it, it was the story of fire. And the way the story goes is that there were four tribes and each tribe is given fire. And one tribe put fire in a very special place in their village and they would oh, fire, you're so wonderful, you know, and the fire, they, they really praised the fire and they were so grateful for the fire. And then another tribe uh, really got involved with the tools of fire. Oh, these are the things that make fire. Here's the wood and the things we use to start to make fire. And these are fabulous things. And then another tribe praised the person who brought them fire. Oh, you've brought us fire. You've given us fire. This is so wonderful. We have fire. The other tribe cooked dinner. <laughs> and I think of it as that, you know, let's cook dinner. Let's help horses with balance. Let's not worry about, you know, who created Surefoot or, you know, the worry about the tools of it. The tools are going to get worn. That's the point. If they don't get worn, you're not using them. Um, and it's, we have to really focus on what the tools offer, what they provide to the horses. And this is really the thing. You know, I have worked very hard as the creator of Surefoot, as the creator of this whole category of, you know, unstable surfaces for horses to improve balance. And as the, you know, what happened was in my frustration of trying to find something that really worked, I wound up creating a product. I wound up creating the Surefoot Equine Balance Pads. And uh, we did a webinar on how we came up with them. And um, you can go back and watch that one. And Brad, um, my guy, is an engineer. And he, you know, went out and found a company because I kept complaining because what I was using was falling apart, not just getting nicks and cuts, but it would literally blow apart because the foam in those products was not what's called pre-expanded. In other words, it was molded. So the minute the surface got cut, the foam started to expand kind of like a marshmallow in the microwave. And the next thing you know, the, the pad would completely fall apart and be in pieces and unusable. And I was so frustrated with this that it drove me 
to create Surefoot Equine Balance Pads. And we work very hard with our manufacturer to pre, they're all what's called pre-expanded foams. In other words, they will not do that. They will not blow apart. They are not molded. So the foam will never expand where it falls apart. Is it gonna get worn? You betcha. And the reason why, it's a foam pad underneath a 1500 pound or a thousand pound horse. And more importantly, I, what I see is that the damage is more likely to occur in the initial sessions. And because either, and this is just my opinion, the owner is too excited about doing this with their horse and isn't taking the time the horse needs, or they may not have picked the right pad for their horse. Um, and so I'm just going to read this comment here. My physio pad got a crack on the medium side uh, the third time I used them. It has not affected the use of them or prevented the horse horses I use it with from relaxing. Absolutely. Um, and that's so true is that, you know, I mean, I, I saw Daisy Bicking's pad. She's been using it for four years and it looks perfect. And I know other people that have used their pads for a year and there's no damage. And then I know other people that email me because I get the emails about whether or not it's a warranty issue that they use the pad in one or two times and it has some damage. Now I'll show you some pictures of that so you see what I'm talking about because what I'm always looking at is, is this a manufacturing defect or is this a use defect? In other words, do the person put the new brand new bridle on their horse and let him bite the reins and then go back to the tack shop and say, I want new reins because my horse bit them. And well, I stand behind my products and if I can't make you happy, I'll give you your money back. Just send me back the pads and I'll give you your money back because I want all my customers to be happy. Most importantly, because I want you to use these tools and make horses happy. That's the bottom line. That is my ultimate goal is to get to as many horses as we possibly can with Surefoot and make a difference. And, and it's happening. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> I spend my days here in the office, you know, dealing with all the backside admin of having a manufacturing company. Um, and what makes me happy is, is knowing how many horses are being helped and it makes the effort worthwhile. Um, and I think the thing about the contest that we did for our fifth anniversary that, that really made me have my heart warm was how many of you told us how much Surefoot is making a difference to your horses. See, it brings tears in my eyes. Because that's the bottom line is, is um, and Nashan Cook, if no one has seen the video from Nashan, he has a horse he's been working with for four years, Remy. And Remy was still having, if you will, uh, anxiety over the saddle pad and the saddle. And, um, and he's, he won some half physio pads in the contest and he put up a video about how different his horse is using the half video pads in putting a saddle pad on the horse. That's using the tools of Surefoot. That's what it's all about. Um, and okay, great. If somebody returns the pads, you got it, Diane. Um, and so, you know, this is really what it's about. And what are we always struggling with? Durability versus instability. And it's the same thing in riding. It's the same thing we want. We want flexibility and stability in our horses. We need flexibility in our hips as a rider, but we need stability in our torso. And so it's a constant balance in this world between stability and mobility. If we make a pad that's too stiff, it's not going to do anything, believe me. We, we made, I mean, we made some pads and I sent them down to 
Disney World in Florida um, because my friend was the vet down there and she put them underneath 1,500, well, I think they're 2,000 pound horses and nothing happened. So if they're not gonna work under those horses, they will not work under any horse, but they showed no damage. So, you know, this is the thing that we're always working with, the difference between stability and mobility. And if the pad is too stiff, it's not gonna give the horse the feedback. However, if the pad has too much give, we then have to look at the concept of balance. And this is what Dr. Uh, Butler was talking about in her webinars, how much of what we think of as training problems are actually balance problems. Now, I couldn't agree with her more because after doing this for so many years, what I see over and over and over again is that when the horses are more balanced, the behaviors go away. The biting, the kicking, the moving, the fooling around, the, you know, the, falling through the shoulder, the, the difficulty with transitions, the stiffness, um, those go away because the horse is more balanced. But then we have to consider why are you using Surefoot with your horse? And I, I think it's my personal opinion, just based on some of the information that I get, that we unconsciously fail to recognize the degree to which the balance issue is actually playing out. The degree to which the imbalance, I should say, is playing out. In other words, when, when I work with a horse with Surefoot, I'm looking to see, can he pick up his foot? Yes or no. When he picks it up, is it stiff? Is it soft? Does he push it? Does he pull it? Does he stick it in? You know, can he not stand on the pad? When he stands on the pad, because he walks off. And I I think that so often we've been taught to think that horses are just balanced, naturally balanced, and they're stable because they have four legs, more like a table. But is that a balance that's functional? Is that a balance where a horse can respond to the environment instead of react? And so where I find I get the most emails about warranty questions is with a new user and the firm pad. And those are the most common questions. New users just starting out. And I think that the issue there is either they have not recognized that the horse has a greater balance issue than they thought, or they hurry the horse in the process. In other words, you know, when you see a picture of horse standing on four pads, you're like, wow, I want my horse to do that. Um, and what's so important that we remember to stay with the horse we're with not the horse we saw a picture of. Um, and it's also important to, to work slowly and only do one foot at a time until I'm sure that that horse is able to do more. Now, I kind of wanna give you a little example of this, of what I'm talking about. Um, and, and, and actually the other thing I wanna say is, especially with any kind of injury, you know, when you've had an injury, you've had a tendon issue, you've had a fractured pelvis, you've had a pulled muscle, you've had a broken rib, um, you've had a neck pain, anything like that, that compromises your balance. It's really important to offer you more stability in the beginning rather than less. When we offer too much instability, we make it so hard for them to be successful. And then we get upset because they moved their foot or they stepped off the edge of the pad and they did some damage. And then you email me and go, "My, is this covered under warranty? And I'm like, this is horse damage. This is you know, horse chewing on the reins. This is not 
manufacturing defect. So it's so important to really think about the pad you're choosing, the balance of the horse, and what it is that you want to see as a result, and recognize this as a tool for observation and discovery, as opposed to keeping your pad looking really pretty. Um, by the way, you know, if anybody beats up our products, it's Felicitas von Neumann Cosell, and she knows it. And we actually use her as a tester because she beats the crap out of them because she uses them every day with every horse and she stacks them and she does all kinds of things and they're still working for her. Do they look pretty? No way. Are they still working? Absolutely. Um, and you can wear them out. I mean, you can wear them out, you know, especially with the kind of use she's giving them. You can wear them out. Um, you know, we didn't intend for them to be under eight horses a day, five days a week, stacked and you know we didn't have that concept when we made them we really um had the, the intention that they'd be used on one la layer you know no stacking um but you can stack them you just have to recognize when you do these kinds of things with your pads and they show more damage look at the benefit that you're getting so you know in talking about balance i think that my story is perhaps the the story that um we don't always recognize in horses. In other words, several years ago, I had to have an additional surgery because of my injury back in 1984. I developed a bone spur. So if this is the hip joint, this is the greater trochanter, I developed a bone spur down here. I had uh, inflammation in the bursa and um, the pain was getting worse. I could barely get out of my car. Um, so I went to the doctor and he said, you need surgery. And so when he got in there, he realized that only one quarter, 25% of the glute medius tendon was keeping glute medius attached. So he put in two screws into the greater trochanter and he stitched up into the tendon and he reattached the tendon. Four weeks later, I was on an airplane to Costa Rica to do a retreat, which I couldn't, I couldn't not do. I had thought the surgery was gonna be minor, it's bone spur, no big deal. I was wound up in the hospital for three days instead of overnight. And I could not stand on my left leg without holding on just before I flew to Costa Rica. But I had the good fortune that I was taking my Surefoot pads with me and I was cleaning them, I was washing them. And by the way, somebody asked me recently, you know, can you wash, how do you wash the pad? Just stick them in a bucket of soap and water or a tub, you're gonna need a tub, but you can't, you just put them in soap and water and take a nice scrub brush, scrush them up. You don't want anything too abrasive on the colored side, just be careful of that. Bon Ami, if you know what that is, it's what you clean your sink with um, that won't scratch, is great for the hard pad if you want it to be nice and creamy colored again. Um, but anyway, I was washing my physio pad and I just got this idea to just put it on the floor and stand on it. And so I did. And for the first time in three weeks, I could stand on my left leg without holding on. But as soon as I stepped on the floor, there's no way I could stand on my left leg without grabbing something. So from my own personal experience, I became so aware of how, you know, we, A, we compensate. I was totally compensating for the fact that I couldn't stand on my left leg because I was getting around the house. I'd gotten off the walker and I was moving around and I had a cane. Um, but I didn't realize how compromised my balance really was. Later, I found out I couldn't stand on my tiptoes. This was quite a while, about a year later. And I, you know, I thought I was improving. And that was a shocker, um, which I can do now. But, you know, you don't realize the things you can't do at the time. And so 
by standing on the physio pad, I took it with me. And that was the first thing I stood on when I got up in the morning, I stood on it making my coffee. It allowed me to be able to get back into my left leg and to stand on it. And when we have horses with injuries, especially you know, broken bones, uh, ribs are really painful by the way, but leg injuries, tendon injuries, foot laminitis, these horses are then compromised in ways that we cannot appreciate. Yeah, we look at them in the field and they're standing on all four legs and we think, oh, they're great. And we can see them move around and we think they're great. But then we go to put them on an unstable surface and they step back or they step off the edge of the side or they slip and they damage our pad. And then we're going, oh, my pad is damaged. What we really should be doing is going, wait a second, maybe this is more challenging to my horse than I thought. Maybe he's not ready for this density. Maybe I need to go back to hard or physio instead of firm, which has lateral instability. So when we move from the physio to the hard, we still have the same material and we don't have lateral instability side to side. But the minute we go to firm, we do. And so now you think about a horse that's unstable and he starts to put weight on that foot and the pad gives the side and he has to step and he moves his foot and then he hits the edge of the pad, he's caused some damage and you send me an email about warranty. But for me, it's like, wow, what? how did you use that pad? Was it only one foot at a time? Was he really balanced like you thought he was? Was he ready for that pad? And so let me just show you a couple of pictures. So you see the kind of damage I'm talking about. Um, okay. This is absolutely minimal damage. And the only reason it looks like it does is because the person has put pressure on the pad, which has opened the slice. It's very small. The horse stepped back, he was unstable, he stepped back and he did this little tear. If you take your thumb off of it, it will close. It will not expand because all of our foams are pre-expanded. I can see that it's really close to the edge of the pad, especially because there's a logo. Damage at the edges of the pads, and this is someone else sending me a warranty question, a little crack in the surface. Damage at the edge of the pads, this is a, a blown up picture, is not going to, I mean, look at how much surface area. So here's a pad. Uh, I think this is mine actually. And you can see that when Brad put his foot on it, I recognize his shoe, it, it opens that crack, right? But look at where the horse's foot has really been going. I mean, we aim toward the middle of the pad, right? Here it is without any pressure on it. Um, and here it is, it's got some nicks here, a little damage there, a little damage there. But look at how much surface area we have compared to the size of the foot. And this is one of the reasons that we make our pads the size that we do um, is so that there's plenty, but where you're gonna see the majority of damage is on the edges. Here's another one that's got some damage on the edge. And why does it have damage on the edge? Because for whatever reason, either that horse lost his balance or stepped to the edge of the pad, the damage is on the edges. And that's the most common place to see the damage is on the edge because you're taking a hoof, shot or barefoot. Barefoot actually tends to cut them more. More of that, that damage that I showed you is caused by a barefooted horse than a shod horse. Shod horses tend to, uh, it tends to look more like a rip, whereas barefoot looks like a slice. 
And so, but you can see that the damage is on the edges. And I actually know how that one got damaged because I, I was my horse. And believe me, I'm just as like, oh, when my pad gets damaged as you are, right? I get it. I totally get it. We want them to stay looking beautiful. We, 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 but we have to shift our mindset and recognize we are helping horses and tools are meant to be used and worn tools like your bridle when the leather gets really soft and it's got all those teeth marks up the reins from the horse that you don't have. We don't toss it. We keep using it. We put a little oil on it. In this case, you don't have to do anything. Um, but the damage is typically on the edges because the horse has lost his balance and moved his foot to the edge. Or when you went to place his foot on the pad, thus there was something, the leg was either stiff or pushing or sideways or he stepped wide and he steps on the edge of the pad and his foot slips and it slices. We are putting a very large animal on a squishy surface. And we're back to this idea of the difference between um, mobility and stability. And so the whole idea here is that um, we're trying to choose the right density pad for your horse. The number one question that I get from people is which pad should I use? Which pad should I get for my horse? And we have quizzes on two websites now. Excuse me, we have the, they're all the first pad choice. And there is one quiz on Murdoch method. And there is one quiz on the Shop Surefoot Equine website. In fact, the Shop Surefoot Equine website has it in French. Spanish, German, Dutch, and English. Um, and the whole idea here is to help you decide which pad is right for me to start. And the bottom line is if there's ever any injuries or imbalance or sickness or weakness or the horse is unfit, you go hard. Because if you have a horse that's unbalanced, you have a horse with a really severe injury, you've been rehabbing for 10 months and you want to choose a a pad, you're going to go hard. You don't want lateral instability because just like me, I would not have been able to handle that. If I had tried to stand on the firm pad, it, I couldn't have done it. I know I couldn't have done it because I could barely stand on my own. And so, you know, when in doubt, starting with a harder pad is always a better choice or starting with a physio pad is a better choice because you can't explain to the horse, oh, I'm sorry, did you fall off of that? Oh, I'm sorry, did that make you anxious? Oh, I'm sorry, you know, uh, that was more than you could handle. Um, and again, it goes back to our uh, perhaps, and this was the thing about um, Raquel Butler's webinar, is how often do we attribute it to a training issue when it's really an imbalance issue, when the horse is really unbalanced? And so, you know, we, we have to reset our mindset and say, how balanced are you? Is that behavior because you're unbalanced? You just had an injury. Do you know where your legs are? So I had literally lost the proprioception of my left leg and I was going to see Catherine Wyckoff for Feldenkrais lessons during when I, um, I think it was within the year. Oh yeah, actually it was within about um, four months. And she would give me a Feldenkrais lesson and work with my left leg. And I could not track what she was doing at all. I could not connect the movements she was making with my leg with me. It was so weird because I've, you know, I've been through Feldenkrais training. I 
I know where my body is in space, or I did know where my body was in space. But as she said, you've been stabbed. Surgery is being stabbed, even if it's with a scalpel. And my brain had dissociated from my leg. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know what she was doing with it. I, I had like, I, I'd switched off. She said, you know, I'd come in and she'd say, you know, your glute muscles are turned off. They weren't working. Um, because our body, our brain, sorry, has a mechanism to help protect us. And one of those mechanisms is disassociation from body parts. How many times do we think about that with horses? How many times do we think about, you know, that in training, the horse doesn't know, literally doesn't know where his rear end is, or literally doesn't know where his leg is. Um, and this makes me think of another uh, horse when I was in Australia in um, a year, over a year ago now, um, I did a surefoot workshop with Joe Wattman and her daughter, Gracie, and Gracie was wanted to use this particular horse as a case study for her for her case studies to become a practitioner, and I was still there. So we went to see this horse. It's a lovely horse. He was a top level jumper. Um, he had injured his hocks, and she was there with thermography to to see how they were doing. So she led him in from the field, put him in the wash rack, uh, did her thermography. You know, total gentleman stood there perfectly fine. We took him outside to have more space. She started to, to offer him a pad under his left front. He wouldn't pick up his left front foot. She went to the right front. She picked up his right front. His foot touched the pad and he freaked out. He freaked out. He jumped sideways. This horse that was so well-trained and so well-behaved, it was obvious he didn't know where his right leg was, right front leg. And so I just took over because they had, I had explained that this could possibly happen, but they hadn't seen it. And I worked with him. By the end, we could pick up both front feet and I used the physio pad pretty much exclusively. And he, you could see him become aware of his right front and his whole behavior and his mannerism changed. But this was a horse that appeared to be perfectly fine other than, oh, he had, you know, capped his hocks. When in actual fact, I really questioned that did that happen because he had lost proprioception of his right front leg, which we would not have known had we not done surefoot. And in that discovery process, have, if we had used like a firm pad or a springy medium pad or anything like that, that would have been just way too much for this horse. So I think that we tend to underestimate or, or make assumptions about the horse and his balance. And it's really important that, you know, like when, when people send me pictures like this and ask me, they, there's always a story about, oh, my horse, you know, stepped off to the side or stepped back or did something. And those stories always trigger in my mind, what is this horse's balance like? And did he lose his balance, which is what caused the damage to the pad? Is this a symptom of something as opposed to worrying about the thing itself? And I really think it's a symptom. Um, there was something that either disturbed that horse or he lost his balance or he needed to move or the horse had to step back. And when they did that, they caught the edge. Now, um, if you've... Uh, um, 
Okay, so I just have to read this comment by Diane. It says, yes, it's, uh, she was talking about her physiopath, the medium side. Yes, it is where, uh, where am I on the edge? Also, their teeth scrape a little when they check the pad out. Yeah, um, and some horses do want to use their teeth. You do have to be careful um, uh, because, you know, you don't want them to bite them. And you certainly wouldn't want them to bite and lock down on the jaw and then have this pad chasing them. So um, it's always good to be careful of their teeth near the pads. Um, where was I? But that's the thing is, is I think if we become more invested in what happened, why did my horse lose his balance or how did he lose his balance? Was it something that disturbed him? Did he hear a sound and he looked up and he stepped sideways? Was it when I went to put his foot down, he really slammed it sideways and hit the edge of the pad? Uh, was it that um, and I've seen horses like fall asleep and then kind of startle awake and, you know, move their feet. Um, these are all things to, to keep in mind and to consider because they are all clues. They're all clues. And really what we are is detectives. And the surefoot pads are the tool of our detective agency. So where other people use a magnifying glass to look for cool, you know, clues, we're using surefoot pads to look for clues. How is my horse standing on that pad? Is the weight evenly distributed? Is he standing more toward his toe? Does he weigh more on the outside? Is the foot medial to the shoulder? Is it square underneath him? When he looks at something, does he drag his foot or does he kind of step back and hit the edge? You know, we, we wanna think about horses as having good foot awareness. And when you walk horses off, it's a great time to observe that. I watch horses walk off when they've been on pads on front and some of them will purposefully step on the pad with the back foot. To me, that's a big clue. It's time I can go to the back foot. Other horses purposefully step over the pad. Ah, you know where your foot is in space. You're clear about where that pad is you lift your foot sufficiently to clear the pad as you walk forward. Or does that horse uh, hit the pad like he barely picks up his foot and scuffs it and knocks the pad? Hmm, did you really lift that leg sufficiently or did you know where that foot was? Again, these are all clues and hints and subtle things that we can use to learn more about our horse, to understand our horse more fully and to um, flush out things that are going on. So um, does anybody have any questions about that? Um, you know, I, I, um, I'm more than happy to replace pads that are warranty issues. Believe me, more than happy. I want my customers to all be really, really happy. Um, that's, that's <laughs> you have no idea how unhappy I get when I have an unhappy customer. Um, but I also want you to realize that, you know, if we don't use these things, they're not going to help our horse. And when we do use these things, they are going to show some wear and tear. And um, that's the nature of the beast. Uh, but, you know, when you compare um, the cost of a pair of surefoot pads to the cost of a shoeing or the, you know, the cost of getting your hair done, which nobody can get their hair done anymore, um, or going out, to, you know, out to a really nice dinner, that's a one-time thing. And these pads literally, you know, we have people using them for over four years. 
So it's, you know, and it's not like I can predict that your horse is going to damage them and this horse isn't. I, you know, I have a client, she's been using her pads for a year with her horse. There's no damage whatsoever. Um, it is not a predictable thing. Uh, yeah, we can, we've done a webinar on stacking and we can do more. In fact, I can even go out and kind of just quickly um, just find a little bit of stacking. Um, you know, Felicitas is the queen of stacking and she had, if you go look at her webinar, she's got some photos of that. Let me see if I have, uh, I don't know if I have that as a keyword. Um, you know, and, and uh, let's see, let's see what I've got. Oh, here's a horse stack. Wait, I just lost it. Um, okay, now I have to get back over to Zoom. Um, and stacking is where horses will slide off the stack and, and uh, hit the edges. That's a common thing. Um, this was a really interesting Lusitano mare, very, very opinionated. And as you can see here, we only stacked one leg um, and we used a hard pad. So if you're going to stack, I always tell people to use the hard pad as the base because that's going to give you height and then your other pad on top. Mediums don't like to be stacked. They're just too springy. It's really hard on them. So if you're gonna stack your mediums, expect more problems with them, right? They just don't, they just, the nature of that material is so springy that it's um, not the best pad for stacking. Um, but here we've stacked a hard slant on top of a hard and I've actually put the pad in a, so that it puts her in more of a pronated, meaning um, high, um, turn to the outside position, but you can see that she's actually standing on that squishing down into that quite comfortably. Um, when you stack, let's see if I have, oh, this is a little video. I'll just kill the sound. Doo, doo, doo. Um, you know, in this case, we, we've only done the one foot. Um, you can see how far her elbow has come away from her body there, right? But you can see by her, look at all this fasciculation in her nose, right? And the little head nods, the eye blinks, she turns her head, puts a little more weight on her right front. Look at what happens in the chest angle when she does that. Um, so, you know, I, I'll, I'll stack typically for a reason. I don't just stack to stack. Um, I don't know that it's necessary to always stack, but in this case, and I, unfortunately I can't remember what my thinking was for this particular horse. That's the problem I guess I um, see too many horses. But usually if I'm going to stack, it's because I have a reason. Um, and I don't know if I can find, um, I had a barrel racing horse that couldn't turn right. And I could stack him three on under his right front. And he would only accept one pad, if any, under his left front. And he was just as happy as a clam, but he was really stuck. Oh, laminitis. Okay. So I'm going to kill two birds with one stone here. Um, I'm going to show you, oh, I'm going to show you some really damaged pads too, that were still functioning. Okay. So if you want to know what really well-used pads looks like, this is it. Okay. This is a pair of firm pads. She had multiple horses. She had only gotten firm pads. She'd used them constantly for a year. They were still working. Are they ugly? You betcha. Were they still working? Absolutely. Um, and this is the other side. You can see it's got nicks and tears and cuts. And here you can see the surface. It was literally the 
the pad was wearing out because you can see how this part of the area didn't spring back. And that's that you can wear the firms out by multiple use. They just won't return to flat like you'll see in other um, the other pads. They just can't maintain that. Um, so that's that's a really well-worn pad um, that was still functioning and providing comfort to this horse, whom right now this is, she's standing on a pair of hard pads. This was a horse that had had laminitis. Um, it was no longer acute, right? Um, and you can see just how much, let's see if I can make that bigger. You see how much she's loading down into her toe here on this pad. So she's really digging in there and she's digging in here. I think of 12 o'clock is straight ahead. So one, two, three on that corner. Yeah, even a bit over here. And look at how much less pressure there is on the pad at the back. Um, so given what we saw, we changed her to hard slants, right? And again, you can still see that she's digging in quite strongly on this right front more even on this left front. Um, and she moved her foot. Okay, so here's just a side shot, right? So again, you can see how strongly she's digging in with her toes. Um, I put her in a supinated. So when the, when the high load, the high edge is to the middle, if anything, it's gonna bring their foot and so sole of the foot toward midline, a little bit supinated. Um, then we added the hard slants behind with the hard in front. And there she is with her eyes closed. And then we decided to stack her, okay? So we put the soft pad on top of the hard pad. And again, if I zoom this in a little bit, you can see just how much, and you see how this pad slipped off. I mean, you know, if they turn a little bit or whatever, the pads may not stay perfectly stacked. Um, it's really important to be very careful when stacking. Um, the, there's two primary methods. I think I talk about that in the other webinar. One is to put them on the base layer with each front foot and then pick up one foot, add the second layer, and then add it to the other. The other method is to put them already stacked and pick up their foot and put it on stacked. Again, keep your hand away from the hoof. Um, a little bit trickier with stacking, doable. Um, here she stepped off. So you can see, right, if she slips off and here you could see where that's possibly gonna slide off. Um, and that's the kind of thing that is gonna cause some damage, but you know, you're bringing comfort. Oh, why is that upside down? Hang on, let me see if I can fix that. Uh, yeah, I can fix it. Uh, uh, okay, so you have to tell me if the share is working again, okay? You can just pop it in the chat if, the, if you're not seeing the legs upside right now. Um, we used the hard pad on the bottom. I did use a medium pad in the middle. And then I put her on the soft and you can see how much the soft deformed. And so the, she's triple stacked, okay? And there she is. Um, and so we've brought her withers up, right? Uh, and so shifted some weight back to her hindquarters. And I think I have a video. She was very happy to stand there. Notice the lead shank is just looped over the rail. She's not tied, which is really important, okay? 
Um, and she looks quite pleased with herself. And again, you can just see how much this soft pad is deformed. In fact, you don't see any uh, change with the medium in the middle layer here. You don't see any curvature to it, which would indicate pressure causing it to, to flex, right? And that's what it, it doesn't like a lot to do a lot. Um, there's just another view. And so this horse was, you know, recovering from a serious laminitis, uh, but you can still see like we're alleviating pressure and, and letting her figure out oh, the camera person. And now you can see that her eye is really, really soft. And then, yep, this is just a little close up. The really soft wrinkles over the top, the deep blinks. So, you know, one of the things that I've been working on is um, looking at information about how we can tell horses' stress levels. And it's, uh, there's an acronym for it, but basically um, looking at eye blinks in horses is a way to um, determine stress levels. In other words, uh, as, as you know, fixed staring eyes is higher stress, whereas blinking, longer blinking, deeper blinking, uh, more frequent blinking is associated with the parasympathetic, with relaxation. And here you can see, I think she actually rested her nose. Yeah. So right now she's got her nose just kind of stuck on the rail and she's just on hard pads there. Okay. So if you look, she is not on the stack pads. I'm not sure where this was in the in the time frame because it's a video and they get a little out of order, but you can see that we're bringing her a ton of comfort. Now, Daisy Bicking talks about if you have wall pain, you want to use soft, and if you have sole pain, you want to use hard, which makes sense to me because if you have sole pain, you're going to give it some support and comfort, whereas wall pain, you want to just be able to alleviate that discomfort. Um, you know, in the end with laminitis, anything you got, you got any pads at all, use them. Um, okay, so let me stop share for a second because there's a question here. Uh, oh, share not working, crap. Okay, uh, so where did I leave you? <laughs> we'll go back, no worries. I love looking at this horse. She was so cute. Took me a while to figure out the share wasn't working. Sorry about that. Um, did you see the eye blinks? Did I leave you there? This one. So these really deep eye blinks. I think it's, you know, interesting because it's one of the first things I noticed with Surefoot was the changes in, in the eyes, the softening, the deep blinking, the almost closing the eyes. And the fact that they're saying that that is a good measure of relaxation, um, that, you know, staring eyes is obviously stressed. You see, she's got her nose resting on the rail um, and she's just on the hard pads and it's really hard to keep your eyes open here. Um, now she was used to, this is the horse that had been on those firm pads that I showed you that were all um, well used, but they were still working for her. And so when I offered her other stuff, she was more than happy to stand on just about anything. Um, this is just uh, probably a close-up looking at her nose to just see breathing changes. Very common to see breathing changes in three to 10 seconds, as you know, if any of you have done Surefoot. 
Um, let's just go here to here. She is stacked on the hard and slant. Uh, sorry, hard and soft. And we get a nice lick and chew. And she's actually swaying a bit there. And you can see her really kind of shifting her weight. I don't know if I have a, yeah, I have another video of that. It's super short. Okay. Uh, let's see if I've got, here's another one. So again, she's stacked on hard as the base and then soft to just bring up her front end. And you can see how she's swaying and even buckling her leg there. Uh, and, you know, in terms of laminitis, um, with Joyce's horse, we used firm slants. The slants, again, because of the angle, uh, firm slants because it was what was in the barn at the time. And she was really happy, really, really comfortable on that. And so, you know, we just continued with that with her. So there you can see when they slip off, that's when you can have more damage to your pads just because you've got the weight of the hoof coming down on the edge. Okay. All right. So, okay, so say it again. So what Daisy talks about is if you have sole pain, you want hard because you wanna give it support. If you have wall pain, you wanna use soft because you wanna give it comfort. Um, but again, you know, any pad is gonna help versus no pad. So if you only have a physio pad, use that and see which side they wanna stand on. Um, you know, the, the, the whole goal is to avoid that, but of course, you know, it's not, you can't always avoid it. Um, we just hope to mitigate it as much as possible. And it's really important, like here, the spring grass is coming in and, um, but we still have to feed hay. So we're struggling between, we're not muzzling yet, but the grass is coming in. And so we really have to be careful because, you know, the horse that's laminitic, you know, it's been a, over a year, but she's still PPID, and she's 24 and we have to be really careful with her. So, but we can't starve her. Her weight's really good right now. So if we restrict her hay, that's gonna be bad. So we don't restrict her hay, but you know, we've got to keep them moving. So I have, I put up pigtails in the field. Oh, I can show you. All right, you want a fun video? Anybody want a fun video? I'll show you a fun video. It's Friday. <laughs> um, so I'll show you uh, where my horses live. And oh my god, wait, I have to get over to, to this. Um, there it is. And we'll just escape so I can get to uh, Zoom so I can share my screen. So, um, what I did last year, and one of, the, one of these webinars, I'm going to just talk about all the things that I've implemented from the webinar. So I'm learning just like you guys. Um, I got pigtails, which now suddenly have gone through the roof in price. They were $75 for $25, and now they're like $224 because of shipping, because the whole transportation pipeline is stressed due to COVID. But anyway, I love these pigtails. They're made of metal with a white top with a curly cue. And I just ran it down and I've been moving it because the ground is getting worn. So I, I think I've moved it like three times. You can see here where there's a track that they've been following. So we just moved it and we ran it down to the shed and we blocked it. So they have to go around the shed and then down and around this field. And so um, 
they were all at the water, which is in the next field. But you can see here, here's Al, he's my guy, and here's Dunny. And so by, by just doing this simple thing of putting up the pigtails in really simple electric fence, um, this is the laminitic horse cantering to us. Um, that's how well she's doing. The second one is Dunny, the little pissant that I'm working with now. He's a blast. And then of course, here comes Al. Um, and Al is methodical. He's earth. He's as earth as you can get. Food is very important. Um, and he's 19 now. He's a Clyde Thoroughbred Cross. Um, he is PPID. He's, we're working on it. And then of course, the pissant decides to raise hell. And, and Al, of course, is like, don't bother me. And um, so Dunny goes to decide to see if he can bother someone else. Um, and I'll just pause the video here for uh, if I can. Here, I'll just take it back so you can see. Okay, so the electric goes all the way around the field and then there's this gate here and they have to go through this gate into the next field to get to the water. So we have automatic waterers in the field and I've made it so they have to go all the way into the center of the next field. And so that means that they trot and canter all the way around that, uh, that to get back to the hay. And so it was really simple with just a little bit of electric and, and some pigtails to make it so that they move more. And the difference is that that mare, um, her weight is now well under control and the other two are moving a lot more. And so they're staying fit, they're getting exercise, they're moving. They used to just stand in the shed. They used to just eat hay here and go to the water in this field and back to the hay. And of course, here's the little one who has to check out what I'm doing. Um, and that's just Alice shedding, which is fabulous because last year he wasn't shedding at this time because of the PPID. So um, we're really excited that he's letting go of his hair way sooner. And, um, and Dunny's like, oh, you're all boring. So, you know, the, the bottom line is that um, there's a, terrific can be super helpful with your laminated courses. And that mare was super painful, pointing her right front foot we only had the firm slants in the barn. We started with that. We wound up using four firm slants for her during her acute phase. She really liked it. Joyce would just go down into the barn and put her on the pads and she'd stay there for an hour. No swaying, which is why we could leave her longer. She's just getting comfort. Um, and then I've been implementing, I took over her trimming in April of last year and have been following all of my webinar guests and um, still learning, still learning. Um, and um, got my annual radiographs uh, this month and um, am working with Daisy to improve my trim um, and using Surefoot to keep everybody happy. Um, heel pain. So somebody's asking me heel pain with slants, they encourage them to be on the toe. No, that's not what happens with slants. Um, so so would, would we want to do it uh, to relieve the pressure. So, you know, the, the thing about the slants, and this is, um, it's a really good question. Thank you for asking. So if they are unloading their heel, they're already going in this direction. And what the slants do is come in and give them full support where they are. So now they're getting contact all the way from the back of the foot to the toe. And if there's a lot of pressure on the toe, the toe can dig into the pad 
And now we've actually evened the pressure on the foot. So because the surface gives, because that's what sure foot pads do, they give to the pressure. If there's excessive pressure on the toe, like we saw with that horse, um, that paint horse, the toe is gonna go in and now the pressure is gonna become more even across the whole foot. So they can basically, the pads are gonna give to their pressure and then even everything out. But now we have contact with the back of the foot. So they're getting information back here, which is super important. Um, the other way to think about it is like the start block for a runner. You know, they get on their, on their hands and on their toes, but they have a block that they can push against with their whole foot so that they can push off. So basically, and let me just go back to that. Um, I can go back to that picture. Uh, great. Um, let me just find that picture again of the horse on the slant, because that's the thing. And, you know, some people do use the slants um, in the opposite direction. Hang on a second. Where am I? Um, let me see if I can just find pictures of slants. In fact, I can probably even find her on slants. Uh, well, and I can, I'll show you this because you can use them the opposite way. Um, this horse here is on a, she was on a slant and then a physio pad, but you can see how the pad's going to give to this pressure here around the front of the foot, but then it's going to even out that pressure on the whole foot. Um, you know, I'd love to have some way of, um, measuring that but you can see here right in this picture so we see a nice clear frog we see it on both feet so we know that the pad was making contact with the frog and so you know this is going to be raised sometimes it's an optical illusion it looks like this is impressed but here the sole area is going to be raised coming up making contact with the sole and then the pad's going to give to the pressure on the foot and the pressure from the frog and you can see on this right one how there's a lot more pressure here at this toe. So um, here's a horse on a hard slant. It's gotta be a front foot. Um, and you can see how much that toe is digging in, but that's fine. Again, you can see that the load's gonna come in, but they're getting this contact at the back of the foot. And you can use the slants in front or behind Right, this is on a back foot. I'll just see if I can zoom it in here a little bit. Right, but you can see that we're going to get contact all through the back of that foot. And um, the other thing about slants is you can use them for a horse that's like really unsure about their foot is just resting their toe just on the very lip of the pad. It's going to be very thin, very little material under their foot. They'll still feel it. Um, but sometimes a two inch pad is too much for a horse and even an inch and a half physio pad is too much. So then if you just take a slant and you just put it so that just a little bit of their foot's on it, um, that can be really useful. Here we've got the pad turned so that it's high to the inside and you can see how the horse is actually, it doesn't even, hang on, I can't, I hope you guys are seeing this, right? You can see how this side of the foot is sunk in a little bit more, but that it's, so that foot's actually standing quite level. Okay, that's just another shot. Here's hard in front and hard slants behind. 
Here's a horse doing a really amazing stretch while he's on the pad to scratch his back leg. Um, and here's the other way you can use the slants. You can use them heel low. Um, and in that case, you know, sometimes veterinarians will prescribe that to get elongation here at the back of the leg. Um, so, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty handy. You can use them in all different ways. Wow, we've come to the end of the hour again. All right, anybody got any questions? Otherwise, it's a gorgeous day here in Virginia and I'm gonna spend the rest of my day outside either in my garden or at the barn or both. Um, and thank you all so much for joining me today. Um, it's really a pleasure to have you and we have um, guests lined up for next week. I'll be sending out that email on Sunday. So hopefully I'll get all the links right this time. Okay. Thank you so much and have a great weekend. Bye-bye.